Hebrews chapter 11. We're only going to be there for a second, and then we're going to be over in Genesis. I was telling Brother Lewis, he asked me who he was teaching on today, and I said, Isaac. And I said, it's a hard teach. And uh, I said, because of all that happened in his family and his boys, you want to keep pulling the boys into the situation and into the lesson, and you can't do that. So it's as you're reading and as you're studying and as you're going along, you get off on this person and that person, and you've got to keep coming back to, to where you're supposed to be. So it's a little bit hard. Because there's only one sentence. God, God writes one thing in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 20, and it's about Isaac. And it says, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And that's it. And, and you look at, at all that he writes. Oh, papers. I'm sorry, Kenny. Pass out the papers. And uh, from now on, Ken, whenever I get here, just pass out the papers. Don't wait for me to say pass out the papers because I'll forget. All right. But anyway, you, 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 you get in there and, and he writes a lot about Abraham and all the other men we've read about and we, we've talked about and taught about. But he comes to Isaac and he writes one little sentence in Hebrews. And you think, wow, how does in the world does he ever get in the hall of fame of a hall of faith by one little sentence? So you've got to go back and you've got to go back to Genesis and, and, and do some studying and, and look at it. And it's a, there's a great, great lesson taught for us here. But we've got to go back and we've got to find it and we've got to work to get it. So that's what we're going to do today. So he gets those passed out. You can turn over to Genesis, turn over to Genesis chapter, uh, no, probably 25, 26, somewhere right there, and uh, we'll look at it. There's quite a bit in, in Genesis about this family and about this man, but it's, it's kind of spread out, and like I said, it overlaps his sons a lot, and, and what they did and how their life was, and, and we want to constantly or I wanted to constantly pick up on them and and go there and and teach on those things and and I couldn't so it's it's kind of uh, frustrating all right let's have a word of prayer and, and then we'll 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 get started brother Russ Cook would you pray for us please Amen. All right, let me pass out some scripture here to be read. Uh, Brother Jason uh, McLaren, if you'll turn over to Genesis 25, verses 19 through 23. Uh, Brother Bob, if you would read for me Genesis 24, 25, Genesis 25, verses 24 through 28. Uh, let's see. Need some more readers. Uh, Sister Betty, if you'll read for me Genesis 27, verses 1 through 12. Sister Gloria, if you'll read 12 through 25. And we'll see where we go from there. Anyway, like I said, it, it, it's in chapters 24 in Genesis, 24 through 
27, 28, that, that it talks about this man that we're going to talk about today. And, and it lays out his life, and there's a lot on his life, but there's one point that God really brings out, and he really wants us to get out of this. In chapter 24, Abraham has come down off the mountain, and he's brought Isaac with him. And it's at this point that he says, okay, Isaac says, uh, I want a wife. So Abraham gets him a bride in, in chapter 24, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit, gets him a bride and, and starts his life. In chapter 26, we find out that Isaac was a well digger. He went and redug the wells that Abraham dug, and he was very, very successful at it. He was very wealthy. He was a very, very wealthy man. God blessed him tremendously in the wealth of the land because of what he did and, and, and how God said he would bless him. Uh, again, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob are, are great mountain peaks in the history of the Hebrew people and their lives and, and what goes on. But there's a lot that's moving and a lot that's happening in their lives. And as we study this, as we go through it, we'll see that. And like I said, there's one big important thing that we look at in this life. And we're going to look at a lot of things. But the one thing is, is how God told him to bless who he told him to bless. And we, and we look at it and we say, well, I don't understand it. Because these two boys, his two sons, we're going to look at their birth. But one sold their birthright for some food. And we want, I wanted to get into that and I couldn't. And then at the end of it, when one tricked the father about giving, yes, sir, Brother Mort. Uh, we'll just take, I'll just take it through church. All right, I'll stop now. So one, one, uh, one uh, he, he tricked his brother, and then one, when he tricked his father about who he was. And we look at that, and we can put it all together, but there's really one thing that God wanted us to see out of that, and that's the blessing that, that Isaac gave to his son and how it affected the outcome of what was going on here. So in Genesis, we start reading it and we start looking at it. Genesis 24, like I said, was, was where God went and got a bride for Isaac. And, and it's, a, it's a beautiful representation of really God and Christ and the Holy Spirit. Abraham is a picture of God in chapter 24. He's a picture of God. Isaac is a picture of Jesus Christ, and he needs a bride. And he sends his servant to go and get a bride for his son. Just as God has a son, Jesus Christ, and he wants a bride. And he sends the Holy Spirit to this earth to work in the lives of people to become his bride. The servant is unnamed. We know the Holy Ghost. We know what happens. We know that he comes back with the perfect bride for Isaac. Just as we will be the perfect bride for Jesus Christ. So there's a lot of things working here. And we look at it. And we can go a lot of different ways with it. But it's God working down through these men's lives for us. These are blessings that were laid out hundreds of thousands of years ago, for us. They've set things into motion to where we are today. And that's a hard thing to remember sometimes when you're reading and you're looking in the Old Testament and you're reading about these great saints of God and how God moved and how God touched. It was setting in line his Jesus Christ's birth. It was putting it all 
moving that way. And we look at it today and we look at what's going on in our lives and our lives are setting in motion to what's going to come. Jesus Christ is coming back. Jesus Christ did come through that line, that lineage, and died on the cross. Now he's coming back and God set into motion when he died, he set into motion the New Testament church for us to do what we need to do. It's set in motion. My question to you is, as it's in motion, what are we doing about it? Are we living and doing and doing what God wants us to do to motivate and to move forward what God has for us to do? We look back at these Old Testament saints and we say, wow, man, his sons were this and his sons were that. And, and they didn't deserve this and they didn't deserve that. And he didn't do a whole lot. and He wasn't really spirit, but it was all in motion. Because you look at it, we're going to look here real quick at the birth of his two sons. And, and what happened at their birth? Let's read it. Let's, let's read it. If not, I'm going to go through and get ahead of myself and, and be not where I should be. All right, let's read Genesis. Read for me Genesis chapter 25, 19 through 23, please. couple great things right here and in verse 21 it says Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife she wanted to have children and she couldn't so Isaac her husband went to God and says God would you bless us with children and God did and then you read on down here there's a problem in her her carrying these children there's a fight going on within her she doesn't understand it the great thing about it what'd she do she went to God she went to God. She didn't go get an ultrasound. She didn't go get an MRI. She went to God. She said, they didn't have those back then, but anyway, she went to God. She went to God and says, God, there's a problem here. Why? Whenever anybody asks you, is it wrong to ask God why, take them to this verse. She went and asked God why, and God explained it to her. God says, you've got two children in you. And there's a fight. There's two great nations within your womb. I'm going to raise two great nations out of these boys. And the trouble is, is that the younger is going to rule over the elder. And there was a fight. Now, I've got a question for you, just hypothetical, just think about it. Why didn't God let Joseph be born first? I mean, Jacob, I'm sorry. You look at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. Jacob, why didn't he let him be born first? If there was going to be a struggle, he knew there was going to be a struggle. He knew the fight was going to be on. He knew what was going to happen. Why didn't he just let Esau be born second? Anybody got any ideas? What is it? Okay, that's a, that's a good typology. That's excellent. Anybody else? 
God knew Isaac. He knew the way Isaac was going to be. And he had to deal with Isaac also. That's excellent, Brother Waters. But he had to deal with Isaac. He knew what was going to happen. And he had to work in his life. We all have situations come up in our life and we say, God, why did this happen? And God, why is that happening? God's dealing within us. And it's what we do with that. Isaac could have said, I don't care. We're going to look at it later. I don't care. This is what I'm going to do. And that's it. But that's not the way it happened. He worked and worked and worked. And God blessed what he, what he was, who he was. But he had to deal with it. He had to work in it. It had to be something that God had to do. God wanted to work in his life. Read for me uh, Genesis 25, 24 through 28, please. Okay, Isaac loved Esau, Rebekah loved Jacob. Remember that, we're going to come back to that verse. That's an important verse, that's a key to what's going on here. It's very important. Here she is, she has the two sons. One is born first, Esau, he's hairy, he's a hunter, he's a man of, of, the, of the ground, he, 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 he works that way. Jacob wasn't. Jacob was kind of passive, laid back, uh, more of a mama's boy. Esau was more of a daddy's boy. Uh, I hate to say that, but he was. And, 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 you know, and as they grew, they grew that way. Jacob and, and Esau were closer, and uh, J- I mean Esau and Isaac were closer, and Jacob was closer to Rebekah, his mother. And, and there's a problem here, and we're going to see real quick about the problem. Read for me over in Genesis 27. Read for me the first 12 verses, please. Okay, we see, the, we see the problem setting out here. 
Before this, we're not going to get into it, but before this, Esau had sold his birthright to his brother Jacob for a, a bowl of a pottage. And he was hungry and he came in. So he sold his birthright for that. So now it's going on here and it's later in the years and uh, Isaac is fixing to die. He's fixing to pass on. And God knows, God's laid on his heart that he's got to bless his children. Now, my question is, do you believe Rebecca talked to her husband and explained the situation? I do. I believe because of she was such a godly woman that when God spoke to her about these two boys, about the two great nations, about the younger serving the old, the older serving the younger, that she explained that to him. He knew in his heart what was going to happen. He didn't want that. He wanted his older son to have the blessing. Him and his older son were closer. They were they were they liked each other. They they did things together, whatever. But he was a lot closer to his older son. So now it's coming down to he's going to die and he's got a decision to make. And as we read these first 12 verses, we see the decision in his heart we think is already made. He's already decided this is what I'm going to do. Esau, you go out, you kill some venison, you bring it in, you make my dinner for me. This is what I like and I'm going to bless you. So he goes out with that in mind that when he comes back, he's going to do this and this is what's going to happen. We do that a lot in ourselves. We make decisions. God lays things on our heart. God presents things to us. God opens the door to us to go and to do and to be or whatever. And we look at it and we say, yeah, but I know this is good. And I know this is really God's will. But I really like this over here. I, 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 I know that. And, and it's, this, is, this, is, this is excellent. And, and, and God really wants this. But... I really, I really like this. You deal with that with, with young people when they start to get married and, and they start dating. And, and a lot of times they date unsaved people or people they shouldn't date. And it doesn't even have to be unsaved people. It could be just people they shouldn't be dating. And, and, and you, you look at it and you see it and they say, yeah, I know I, I shouldn't date him or her because I know I ought to be over here. But we're over here. We like this. And so we, we, we go this way. And it can be a lot of things. It can be work. It can be relationships. It can be things done in the church. It could be God's calling you to, to, to work on the buses. And God's really laid it on your heart to work on buses. And, and God's really touching you about it. And you say, but I don't want to work on buses. I'd rather sing in a choir. God says, no, I want you. And we say, no, but I'd rather do this. And that's kind of the way Isaac was. Isaac knew what he had to do. He knew, but he already sent his son out to present this and to get this meat for him. And he was going to bless him. And, and the, the blessing wasn't really his like that to give away because God had already told him what he was going to do. Read for me the next 12 verses, please.
Okay, we see what happens here. It's all laid out. He comes forward. He says, who are you? He tells him. He, he's lying to his father. And he brings it all out, and it comes down to the end, and, and Isaac does what? He blesses him. He blesses him. He said, this is what's going to happen, and he, and he blesses him. I believe in Isaac's heart he knew what he was doing was right. I believe, I believe he knew. I believe that, that, that it was... Uh, uh, he knew who he really was. I believe that, that it's a type of, of us trying to get something over on God and, and not really showing what we are and who we are and we think we can get by with it. And God knows. God knows us very well. And, and Isaac blessed him. And, and as the blessing came out, he knew in his heart what was going on. Dan, would you read for me 26 through uh, 31, please, of chapter 27? The blessing was given out. He said, he smells like him. He kissed me. Now, I've got two sons. And I could close my eyes. And even though they're both different, I could tell by the kiss of my two sons who's kissing me. If you've got children and you're close with your children, you can tell. I know when Brian kisses me, he kisses me totally different than Tom does. Tom's more compassionate, more loving. He grabs me differently. He holds me differently. Jay, uh, Isaac realized it. He smelled him. Everything was supposed to be just right. The feel was there. All was there. But the touch. The touch. And anyway, he touched him and he, and he says, okay, I'm going to bless him. And he throws out the blessing to him and gives it to him. And gives him all the blessing. Doesn't hold back anything. And then look down here in the, in the last part of this, at, down in verse 32. And Isaac his father said unto him, Who art thou? And he said, I am thy son, the firstborn uh, Esau. And Isaac, and Isaac trembled very exceedingly and said, Who were he that, made, that had taken venison and brought it to me? He knew in his heart, I have eaten of it all before thou comest and have blessed him. Look at this. Yea, he shall be blessed. That's an important little phrase there. You know why? Isaac could have said, wait a minute. Hold everything. Go get your brother. Bring him in here. I'm going to deal with him. We're not having this. But he didn't. He said, he is blessed, I'm leaving it that way. 
That's the reason why I said I think he knew. Rebecca talked to him. He knew what he was supposed to do. He knew the blessing had to go to Jacob. He knew that. He didn't want it in his heart. He didn't want to give it to him. He, didn't, he really wanted Esau to have it. But God had laid things in order, and he had to follow what God wanted. God lays things in order in our life, and we fight it, just as he fought it. We fight it, and we fight it, we fight it, we fight it. God says, I don't want you to fight it, just do it. Just do it. Just give in to it. Give in to what I want. Things are already set this way. Things are moving this way. Things are happening this way. This is the way it should be. I've preordained it. I want this this way. And we fight it, and we fight it, and we fight it. He fought it. But when it really came down to it, he gave his heart to what God wanted. He gave his heart to where it was supposed to be. Yea, and he shall be blessed. He could have changed it. He could have stopped it. God wants us to remember one thing. When this man came near the end of his time, he recognized that God should have his rightful place in his heart. When he, recognized, when he realized he had been tricked, he said, I have blessed him, yeah, yes, and he shall be blessed. He would not change his mind. He would not, allow, he would not go against God's way. For most of Isaac's life, as far as faith was concerned, he was passive. But when it came down to what God wanted in the blessing of his sons, he gave God his rightful place. He put God where he should be. We have a split in the family here. Like I said, we could have went a lot of ways. We could have talked about the boys. We could have talked about the sale of of his birthright just between the two boys. We could have talked about... What happened here more? There's, there's so much in here that we could have went to. And then we, we get into the mom and dad. And, it, and it's a sad situation when dad loves one son and the mother loves the other. It, it's, 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 it's sad. When I had two kids, I loved them both the same. I treated them differently a lot of times, but I loved them both the same. As Tom was two years older than Brian, things I would let Bri- Tom do that I wouldn't let Brian do. I, I wouldn't let Brian drive the car because Tom was driving the car. I wouldn't let Brian have a gun because Tom had a gun. But there were certain things as age that I treated him the same. As Brian got older, Brian did basically what Tom did. But a lot of times in a lot of families, they have this prejudice. They're, 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 they, they work against each other. And it could have happened here. Here it is, a mother lays out some things and says, this is what I want you to do. It was a mess. It wasn't a good situation. That's why I said, Isaac was a great man. He had great faith. But you, you go to his family and you go to his wife and you go to these different things. And there was a lot of problems. There was a lot of situations here that we're not going to deal with today. But you go back and you study it. And, and, and she was, I wouldn't say not submissive, but she loved the one son. He loved the other son. They didn't love them both together. And that creates a problem in the family. When you've got one, one, one parent loving one one way and the other loving the other the other way, it's not good. My mother-in-law, God rest her soul, I loved her dearly. But she was one of these people that everything had to be equal. If one kid got, one grandkid got one thing, they all got it. If one had this, they all got it. She says, don't you think that's right? I said, no. I'll take 
my, grand, my, kid, my grandkids, I'll take one of them, I'll take Luke and we'll go to Home Depot. We'll walk into the tools and I'll say, Luke, what do you want? Grandpa, I'd like to have a hammer. I said, let's get one. I'll go buy him a hammer. I'll come home and say, did you buy Brad and Jake a hammer? I said, no. Well, that's not fair. I, what do you mean it's not fair? He's with me. I take Amanda. We go shopping. I'll take her over to Culver's. We'll go get ice cream. I'll say, Amanda, get whatever you want. She'll get the biggest thing. I know she's not going to eat it. She's going to throw 99% away. I don't care. She'll get it. She'll eat whatever she wants of it. We'll sit there and talk. She'll throw it away. We'll come home. The boys say, what'd you do? We went and got ice cream. We didn't get no ice cream. You weren't with me. You didn't get no ice cream. You know, but that's the way I think it ought to be. And this family, it wasn't that way. The mother thought one thing, the father thought the other. The mother knew the blessing, and I think the father knew the blessing. I think as they grew and as they went, he knew what he had to do. He knew what was going on. And the third point here is the purpose of God in the world. And we look at this, and this is, this is so, so great. Uh, Jason, turn over Proverbs 19, 21 for me, please. Daniel, turn over to Isaiah 14, 26 through, and 27. The purpose of God. God's got a purpose for everything he does. He just doesn't throw things out there willy-nilly and let us go. He's got purposes for each one of our lives. I went this week and, and we went on a visitation and we passed out tracks for, uh, I mean flyers for uh, VBS. And I met this little boy. He's all boy. He stood about this tall, brush cut, dirty. Shirt was dirty, pants was dirty, his face was dirty. He's all boy. He was sitting on a step, and I went up and talked to him, and I says, I want to invite you to vacation Bible school. You go to church anywhere? He said, no. He was probably, what, seven, eight? He says, no. So I told him who I was. I introduced myself to him, and I opened the flyer up, and his eyes lit up. And I said, we're having vacation Bible school. I said, I want you to come. I said, we're giving away prizes. Well, like, yeah. We're going to have games. Yeah. So I said, you go give this to your mother, and, 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 I, and so he did. And I went on down a couple of houses, and he come running after me. Mister, 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 thank you. I said, well, you're welcome. I said, you're going to come? He says, yeah, I think so. He said, are you going to have a movie? I said, I don't know. They may have. It's out of this world, and it's all inside. You know, he was excited about it. He was excited. I had a purpose. I had a purpose for doing what I was doing. God has a purpose for us. God just doesn't throw out. Read for me, Jason, please. God has, man has many devices in his heart. We want to do so many things in so many ways. But God has a purpose for us. God's got ideas. God just doesn't throw it out there. A lot of our ideas aren't any good. And God says, this is what I want you to do. This is the way I want you to go. God's counsel will always stand. God's purpose is always right. Read for me Isaiah 14, 26 and 27, Daniel. He had a purpose. He laid it out. He says, Abraham, I'm going to bless you. This is what I want you to do. Abraham did it. He said, Isaac, the blessing drops to you. This is what I want you to do. When you have sons, this is what I want you to do. I want you to bless the younger. And he laid it out. His purpose went forward. Today, he's got a purpose. He said, child of God, I want you to go soul winning. I want you to win souls. I want you to tell people that I'm coming again and I died for them. He's got a purpose for us. 
He just didn't throw us out here willy-nilly and let us go. He said, this is your purpose. I've got a purpose for you. Just as he had a purpose for those old men in that, in that Old Testament, he's got a purpose for us. In Matthew, he said, go into all the world and preach the gospel, teaching them. That's our job. Just like I was out knocking on doors, passing out those tracks, I met a man and I gave him a track and I said, I said, we're having vacation Bible school. And I talked to him and he says, he said, well, I don't live here. He said, but my daughter does, divorced. And so I told him about vacation Bible school. I told him where the church was and I, and I invited him. He said, I'll give it to my, my ex-wife. And he said, I'll see if my daughter can come. We went on down the street and we were coming back and he brought his daughter out. It must have been visitation for the weekend. His daughter's crying. She didn't want to go with him. I thought, what a heartbreak. What a heartbreak. Here they are. God's got a purpose. He wants them saved. Maybe that track that I gave out and that word might touch his heart. I don't know. But I got a purpose. I went on down the street and there's another little boy on a bicycle and I called him over. I said, come here. I said, we're having vacation Bible school. I introduced myself to him. Gave it to him. I said, we'd love to have you. He said, tell me about it. I told him, we're having games. We're giving away prizes. He was excited. He said, I'll give it to my mom. I hope she'll let me come. Purpose. We don't know what those little boys will ever be. We don't know. But God's given us a purpose. Just like he gave Isaac a purpose. In his heart, he knew what he had to do. In our heart, we know what we have to do. God's given us a purpose. Are we reaching it? Are we doing it? It's set into motion. What are we going to do with it? Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for this Bible, Lord. We thank you for the purpose, Lord, you've set in our hearts, Lord, about winning souls and, and seeing people saved. God, I pray that we take and actively work upon that purpose. Lord, that we could see things happen and see lives changed. Lord, just as Isaac blessed Jacob, and Lord, as we read this story and we can go on down the line and we can see how Esau and him got back together. And God, we didn't see it at the time and he didn't see it at the time. But God, you had a purpose. You worked mightily in both those men's lives. Lord, and you touched them. And God, just as you do in our lives. God, as we go out and as we do what you ask us to do, let us do it with the right heart. Lord, that we could see your purpose go forward and see many souls saved and lives changed. Father, I pray you be with Pastor today as he stands in the pulpit. I pray your hand would rest upon him. I pray the power of God would flow through this building in the hearts and lives of individuals. God, I pray that lives would be changed and souls would be saved. I pray, God, for the junior church today that you'd touch in the junior church department. Be in the deaf church, Lord, and bless. I pray you'd be with the music today, God, as time leads it. I pray your hand upon it. I pray you guide and direct. I pray everything that be said and done here today, God, would glorify you. For we ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Church, in about five minutes.